Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network. Former Arkansas Razorback baseball player Tyler Spoon. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell Ferris Spain. D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitt. And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. Former Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes. Welcome in episode 219 of the one and only Hog Talk Podcast live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I'm your host Kyle Sutherland. Alongside me is Porter Hayes and whether you're listening on 106.7 The Buzz 2 or your favorite podcast forum, we appreciate you for taking some time to come hang out with us. If you're on one of the forums, be sure and hit that subscribe button if you have not already and if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could please be so kind and also leave a five-star rating and written review to help us get our name out there and continue to reach more people. The show is brought to you, as always, by our friends at Bet Online. They are your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season with a new updated website and interface, plus more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive, one, receive your 100% bonus off your welcome deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Got a good bit for you here today. We're just going to, I say a good bit because we're not going to have quite as long of a show, but we're going to discuss here myself and Porter talk about the uh, the commits that came for football and basketball. Over the course of this week, the basketball one, all of them are big, but the basketball one is historically big with the commitment of Nick Smith Jr. on Wednesday night. And then in segment two, we're going to preview the Georgia game with Sport and Culture's Chris Osbrooks. And so uh, going to talk about that big game that's coming up. Uh, man, I'll tell you, there's a lot of pundits that are saying that they're going to rank Arkansas not only in the top five, but there's some that are saying that they're going to put us at number one. I know Clay Travis and Outkick the Coverage already did that, but um, you know some real polls will actually do that. And so, Porter, we harped all, I guess, all spring and then into the summer on how great Razorback Athletics has been, how great the culture has been, that Hunter Juracek has been the head of building. And it was great with softball, baseball, basketball, all of that. But it has bled over into football season. It's bled over into recruiting, continued to bleed over into recruiting. And I know that it seems like a broken record that we continue to talk about it, but not every school or really not any school but Arkansas can say in particular in the big three sports that they were all ranked within the top ten in 2021. It's crazy. Well, we That's the thing, like the broken record. We talked about how much this state needed the football program to get things together. I mean, because – with the basketball program and then it bleeds over to baseball, softball, all the spring sports, then you hit this big lull with, with football and you're just like, Oh, here we go again. And 
you know, it, it gets you down. And it's almost like outside of Arkansas fan base, you're like, yes, it's awesome that the baseball team is doing good, the women's basketball team, the basketball team. But outside, if, especially in the South, man, you're based on what you do in college football. You could go to a Mississippi State fan, well, hey, we beat you in basketball. Well, we got you on the football field. You know, you know how the saying goes. So for them to actually have this football program rolling, they're the media darlings. They're getting talked about by everybody. It's, it is refreshing to see the game day, the SEC nation. Arkansas's not on the top, you know, the top non-top 10 plays that like the, the fake punt against North Texas. You know, you can erase all that away from your memory. You, you, you can cleanse your palate and embrace what's going on. And we've been talking this because, you know, we cover all the sports. So we've seen the, the buzz and just what Hunter Juracek, the, the text chain that all the coaches have amongst each other. You know, Sam Pittman congratulating Coach Diefel after games. You know, Coach Pittman wanting Dave, Dave Van Horn and Eric Musselman to come down on the sideline. Coach Neighbors was there in support. How there, there is something special brewing, and it's, it's going to – change Arkansas athletics forever and it already has look at the recruiting that neighbors is doing in women's basketball look at the recruiting that we're getting in football now look at this recruit the past two years Eric Musselman's probably got six guys that would never even consider coming to Arkansas because of the success at the program and what Musselman did last year and going to the lead eight yeah, and it started off, just like I mentioned a second ago, on Wednesday, we got at like 6.30 in the morning, Joey Sua, the Bentonville offensive lineman, he's a class of 2023, moved in, I believe, from California, committed, like I said, about 6, 6.30 in the morning. I actually was like pulling into work. I, I went to work really early on Wednesday and happened to see that, and I, I really wasn't expecting it. I knew that he liked Arkansas. His recruiting was really starting to pick up, and he was the third commit for the 2023 class, along with... Uh, uh, tight ends, Shamar Easter out of Ashdown, and then Jaden Ham out of Eudora. And so Eudora, Kansas, not Arkansas. But Sua has already, early in his committee, just a junior in high school, he's got a Georgia offer, got a Michigan State offer on top of Arkansas. And so it seems like he is all hog, no question. And so I'm really wondering how much – and you know that there's going to be schools go after him still. But it, it seems like right now, I mean, I, I don't remember the last time that we had a decommitment. So don't really expect that uh, anytime soon. Hopefully we continue to keep everybody unless they're just have to make – they coaches have to make a business decision on somebody and, and go with uh, somebody else and go a different route. But – the major one, again, not to an all discredit Joey Sua whatsoever, but Nick Smith Jr., the ninth overall player in the country for 2022. Literally everybody was after him. It seemed like there was absolutely no chance six months ago or maybe even four months ago, not terribly long, that it seemed like he, that it was Kentucky or nothing. Everybody had said that if once he gets that offer, and I had even thought that myself, once Kentucky offered, it was almost like he was just going to call off the dogs and commit right on the spot. Some things didn't work out there. It looked like he might go the pro route. He was giving UAPB some love, and we came down to UAPB, Arkansas. We all know the story, Alabama and Auburn. This guy's the highest-rated recruit since, I guess the second highest that we've ever gotten, I believe. I know Corliss, this was, was it, is it the second one? It, well, they, if you go back, you know, with Corliss, he right. was the highest recruit. He was number, yeah, he Corliss. was like the third. You he got was, Bobby Portis. This right. is the second. This is the second five star 
since mm-hmm. or the first one since Bobby. Right. But they didn't really have the recruiting like they do now when it comes to five stars. But Corliss, right. it's almost a given. You can say Corliss was a five star. This yeah. is the biggest in state recruit. Since no Corliss question. Williams. Yeah, and Corliss, they did back then, like thirty years ago. They they had rankings, but they 20. didn't have they didn't have star. <laughs> back Twenty. In, back, Don't back, age me that back, way. Back in the Stone Ages, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I was I was uh, barely out of diapers at that time. So I remember Corliss is the back end of his career at Arkansas, but not uh, not when he first came. But yeah, back then they had rankings, and I think he was third in the country. And that was in Jason Kidd's class. They actually there's there's plenty of uh, stories. Of, yeah, they yeah Grant Hill was in that as well. I think Tony Delk also was played in that McDonald's all-american game but uh yeah i mean that's he was number three nick smith as of at least per espn he was sixth and then the ninth composite player overall and it, it was really disappointing on wednesday during the a- afternoon hours it uh came out that his so not his commitment video but his reaction to committing that was pre-recorded got leaked and you know stuff like that's going to happen i hate that it does but it's the reality but i'll tell you porter someone that leaks something like that I put them up with the same people that don't put the shopping carts back. I put them up in the same that uh, that I don't even know what, what's another one. I I, I know the, the shopping I, I carts. I put them on an own level. Yeah, I, I put it on a whole other level because here's the deal. You know, you talk about the shopping cart cliche. You're not affecting someone's life. Like that's true. Yeah, the kid plays all this time, and you come down to it, and. A kid, you know, it's almost going to make people start to second guess. Do I really need to do anything until I commit? Who do I trust? You know, and and what gets me is this was somebody who wasn't anybody, barely anything in media. And and so even if you post this and you get a thousand extra likes, you've done burnt every bridge possible. If you ever think about doing anything with the University of Arkansas again. But what I will say to this is I want to applaud every single person who had this, knew about it, or even seen the video. And there's people who seen the video didn't watch it out of respect for him and his family. So from all of us here at the Hog Talk, I applaud you for not releasing and being a part of that. Yeah, that's just it's extremely sad, and I was I was kind of applauding people yesterday because I was I knew that there was a, a couple of people that are yesterday as in Wednesday as we're recording, but I was I knew that it was out there, and I, I was scrolling through Twitter. I even searched just Nick Smith Jr. to see if it was on there, like on the latest tweets, and I didn't see anything. I know that it had been deleted a couple of times, but. It's if I were Eric Musselman, those people, whoever he uses to completely like to refresh the transfer portal each second or each minute, whatever they do, I would use that same person or someone within the coaching staff to vet whoever did this and see how far they can dig at whether because I think that ble- or if I'm not mistaken, it was either Bleacher Report or someone from SI, not not actual Bleacher Report, but you know someone that was like either contributing or affiliated in some way, and shoot, man, blackball them. If if it's somebody, and I know that you can't really put everybody under one umbrella, if, especially if you drop drop someone. So maybe not, maybe not to the top of SI or, or Bleacher Report. But yeah, like you said, that particular person, they have just completely screwed up any chance that they have ever gotten. Maybe not with Eric, but that's the thing though. Eric Musselman knows a lot of people, so you screw up with him, you probably screw up with just about a lot of the NBA, a lot of a lot of college coaching, and so. Yeah, like you said, applauding everyone that did keep it. And for the most part, there was more respect than there wasn't. And so, well, and, and another thing you got to think about doing what we do, we've had to deal with SIDs before. Yeah. You don't think they don't talk. You don't think coaches talk. So, not only, so you're not only going to be blackballed from the basketball, 
one SID is going to talk to another and it's going to spread around. They're going to see what, and you could be blackballed from the whole university. Yeah. You know, it, it could be that big. And I think in today's world, some people think they're cute or they play dumb. Like why well, I, I wasn't thinking, no, if, if you have a certain following and you are with a certain group, you know what you're doing. Yeah. No question. I, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Like if one of us was to do that and we're like, well, I wasn't thinking. I don't want to hear that excuse. That's that's a piss poor excuse because if you've been in the game this long, you know rule number one, you do not ruin trust and you don't leak anything. You wait till it's verified and then you post. You do like you look at the guys who do this like Hutch and West and Biddy, you know, Richard Davenport, all the guys, Clay Henry, you look at all these guys, not one time do they report anything until the university does or yeah. said person releases that, that that's rule number one. Absolutely. You know, cause like I said, if you're trying to be first and what's that going to get you a five second head start? I mean, that, is it really worth, that's what I put out It is really being the first person to do this. And, uh, and not only the kid, his family, you know, the, the family and the friends that were sitting there wanting to, you know, it put, it puts a damper on the whole celebration because they know you knew they knew it got leaked so all it does is like you want to do like a fake surprise, like you're throwing a surprise birthday party for somebody who knows they're having a surprise birthday party. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's it's it. just there's just no place for it. There's not, and all that hard work just uh, completely spoiled. Luckily, it wasn't all, it wasn't all the way spoiled, but still, it could have been a lot worse than it was, and we're thankful that it wasn't. But we're up against a break. Up next, we got Chris Osbrooks from Sports and Culture here to preview the Georgia game. Do not touch that dial. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcast and the Buzz Radio Network. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479 368 6490. Again, that's 479 479- 368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinman Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinman Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. We're back on episode 219 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Kyle Sutherland and Porter Hayes here with you, and we go now to the Workman's Travel Center hotline, and on the other end is Chris Osborne of sport and culture almost forgot the name here and we've had uh, multiple one of one of their contributors is our co-host and we've had also tyler butler on so of sports and culture to help us preview the game with georgia chris appreciate you joining us welcome on man oh man thanks for having me guys and I'll start off by giving you the floor to talk about what you do. And like I mentioned, Porter is uh, also a contributor for Sport and Culture, handling the duties here in the great state of Arkansas. But before we get started, just talk about uh, what you do with them and also any ventures uh, on what you're involved in. Thank you. So basically, uh, I've been back and forth with Tyler for about five or six months. Uh, I met him in a Facebook room uh, where we just posted about sports. And I came to him and I said, hey, man. I know a little bit about NASCAR. Why don't you let me write some articles for you? He said, you know, I'll, I'll give you a chance. And that was July 1st, I think. 
And since then, um, we've written articles. Uh, we've grown tremendously. And, and this weekend actually is our first at track coverage. We're going to Talladega. Uh, we're going to sit up in the press box and uh, do some do some exploring and we're going to dive into the NASCAR world, but I also cover, like you said, Georgia Bulldogs football. Uh, I'm from the state of Georgia. And so I do bleed red and I <laughs> love my sport. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but Porter has helped me out a lot. Uh, you know, I've been trying to start my own show and I've asked him quite a few times, how do I do this? Yeah. How do I do that? And he's been there for me every time. So I appreciate you. Yeah, and well, and that's one thing hey, that we all have. No problem. Well, and one thing we yeah, have. That's what you got to do, you know, because yeah. that's how we all got started. We all got started leaning on somebody like that. So, yeah, I really appreciate the words. But, you know, Tyler was my mentor. He gave me my shot. So I feel exactly everything you were saying when you were introducing Tyler. He's the man. Hey, no question. I can attest to that as well. I love Tyler to death. And, you know, that's one thing that we all have in common here is we all we at least bleed red. We might be rooting for different teams here, but we all at least bleed red. That's one thing we have in common this week. And so, Chris, yeah. we'll start off with the quarterback situation. So I say situation because I know JT Daniels has had a little bit of, a, of an injury there. And, and also on our side, K.J. Jefferson has had an injury as well that went out early in the third quarter against A&M. And you guys, uh, I know that Stetson Bennett has started a game, and he had a great game off the bench last season against Arkansas in relief of Dewan Mathis. And so how do you assess the current situation as it is right now as we're just about a day or so before game time? Um, I will say if JT does not play, um, you might as well put Jake Camarda at quarterback. I think I might have a little more faith uh, in our punter. Uh, Stetson has done – he's done good things. But, you know, from the – this season has been very much hit or miss. I mean, clear as day, he's going to throw a great pass, and then when you really need him to, he's going to throw an interception. And so uh, JT's put in the work. JT's the guy I want to see out there, but even he has uh, some some character flaws that I'm seeing right now that worry me a little bit going up against a defense that is they're going to press they're going to press him to either move the pocket or get rid of the ball quick, and I want to see can JT do that. And, and a lot of emphasis has been put on this defense and just how good this Georgia defense is, but. You know, a lot of it was based off game one against Clemson and what they did. And now we've seen what Clemson has become offensively. So what is the internally within Georgia trying to get over that, you know, mental block of, yes, our defense is so good, but they're basing it off a team that basically has no offense now. Have they been over had to overcome that? Yeah, you know, I – I looked at the stats too, you know, offensive rankings outside the top 100 is what we've looked at for, for the last, you know, the, the four games we've played. And uh, I will say to that, um, especially with DJ Ugalele, you know, he has a lot less weapons than Trevor Lawrence had. Um, but even the weapons he has, we were able to take away in that game. So I, I don't want to take away – what they did against anybody else. I only look at what they did against us, and I'm going to try and build off of that and, and what I see. Uh, defensively, if you can get us to second and short, you're probably going to have success. You know, we, we stuff the run. We are great when we can pin our ears back. Uh, if Arkansas gets ahead of the chain, if they stay ahead of the chains, 
um, this is going to be a good game. If our defense is able to get you guys in a lot of third and six or longer, and that plays into what Kirby Smart wants to play on defense. Um, and I looked at Arkansas stats. I rewatched that game against A&M. Um, the stat that sticks out is 3 of 13 on third down um, is a, a bit of a concern. And you guys getting big plays is great. Uh, the 85-yard touchdown to Burks, I don't know too many defenses that play bump and run with no safety over the top. That was definitely either blown coverage or bad play call. I, I don't think George is going to put anybody in that position. I think we're a little smarter than that, hopefully. So I, I think it's going to be a let's see what Georgia plays and let's see what Arkansas does. If you guys sell K.J. Jefferson as a running quarterback, you're really doing well. I think you'll really have a good time if you can sell him as being able to stretch plays. Talking with Chris Osborne from Sports and Culture. And, Chris, I want to ask you about t- uh, Brock Bowers, the tight end. That some He's had a really hot start to this year. And I saw a few comparisons, n- not to not to laugh and disrespect him, but I saw some, some comparisons to Kyle Pitts in terms of the next great SEC tight end. I'm not quite sure I want to go that far, but he is a very, very good player. And Arkansas did a really good job last week of shutting down Jalen Weidermeyer, who had his best game of the season for Texas A&M last year against Arkansas. But just talk about uh, what you think. You know, what are, what are we going to have to do to stop him? But also, too, are we going? I know that Georgia also has a really strong running game with with James Cook and Kendall Milton, Zamir White. But who are some of the other other guys? I'm I'm not really familiar, and I don't really know if a lot of people are familiar with some of the receivers that that they have right now. That that JT Daniels or Stetson Bennett or even the punter might have to his disposal, depending on who they have at quarterback. Well, we get Darnell Washington back this week. He's been out all year. Um, he's our he's our George Pickens in the tight end group. He's got very strong hands. He's a, a sure-handed tight end. Um, he's a guy that I don't think is going to be huge in this game because this is his first game of the year. But he's going to get some snaps. He's, he's going to flex on the defense, and he's going to create a mismatch somewhere. And as far as Brock Bowers, uh, run after the catch is what really impresses me the most. Um, he's got really solid hands, and I'm not going to touch Kyle Pitts' comparison because I don't think there is one. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would think Washington at some point is going to get some touches. Um, he's six – I think he's six six or six seven, and about 260. So he's a, he's a frame to mess with if he gets in the, in the red zone. Other- and then – and another obstacle that Georgia's going to be facing is that I don't think Georgia's faced the running attack that Arkansas has. They have multiple guys, not just KJ, but they got four other guys that can hit you in different ways. So how are they really going to have to really going to have to pin their ears back and be ready for four different running backs coming at them in all, all sorts of plays? And in the first few games, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, Quay Walker and Channing Tindall who are faster. I think in this game you're going to see almost exclusively Nicobe Dean, and I would say Nolan Smith might even play inside in this game because he's a little more physical. I know a lot he plays on the edge, but I think this game they're going to do things differently. And I think the advantage we have coming into this game for Georgia, you guys are coming off a game where you may have emptied your notebook a little too much. We haven't done that since Clemson, so we've had a few weeks to maybe – maybe work on some stuff that you haven't seen. 
And Chris, the defense just goes without saying. We all know that Georgia probably has the top defense in the entire country. Technically, they've allowed 23 points, but the defense itself has only allowed, I think it's 17 based off that uh, the pick six that, um, that Georgia's had against them. And so phenomenal defense, maybe one of the best that we've seen at least to start the season in quite some time. And Porter asked about the running game. We talked about that for a second here, but you know what? Do you think that Arkansas? Surely Arkansas is not going to be able to have their way to the extent that they have. I mean, I wouldn't think just based off. I would probably pick Georgia in this instance, even though Arkansas's offense has done pretty well. But really, you know, how do you see this playing out? Could Ar- could this defense of Georgia really be challenged for the first time? And if I'm going to challenge Georgia, and I'm I'm Sam Pittman. Um, I actually think the key of this game is play action early. Um, Georgia's for sure going to be, you know, being on the run. Uh, so I would go play action. I, I might even come out the first play on offense and just throw it as deep as I can just to see if something's out there. Um, but I, I think this game is going to be, you know, Georgia has done really well at pushing everything sideline to sideline. Uh, you know, I'm going to get a lot of up the middle runs, but, Arkansas has very fast running backs. Guys that can get to the edge and do some damage. Can they – the question is, can they get to the edge and not get hit out of bounds? Can they make a play and get upfield? Um, we've we've seen several teams try and do passes at the line of scrimmage, um, outside runs, and the, the speed of Georgia is, is great this year. So I'm not sure how I see Arkansas putting up more than 25 – you know, I, I have them at 21 to 24. Um, I think more of the question is how is Arkansas going to keep Georgia under 20? Because I think that's more the matchup that, that I look at. Well, I, I want to bring up intangibles real quick. And the familiarity between Kirby Smart and Sam Pittman coaching, you know, alongside each other. And this being 11 a.m. kickoff, we've seen some dominant teams come out and be very, you know, struggling at 11 a.m. So how could this affect, one, Georgia? You know, Arkansas is coming in this with a full head of steam. Georgia gets off to a slow start. And just the basic, you know, with Kirby and Sam Pitton knowing each other so well, how could that affect the game? Well, you're definitely right because uh, 2019 South Carolina was a noon game for us. And I we were awful. I mean, just this, this one of the worst performances I've seen – Georgia go through. We look like we were drunk playing every down. So um, that definitely adds an element. And we haven't had an early game at all this year. All of our games have been, you know, 3.30 or later. Um, well, that's not true. I'm sorry. Vanderbilt was actually early last week. So that's the one. But, it was uh, done early also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know, man. Um Pittman was a really good recruiter. Um, I saw things in the offensive line I didn't like when he was there. Um, he liked these guys to be 350, 375. And, you know, we had size. We didn't have a running block scheme that worked. You guys seem to have that um, where I still don't think we can block the run all that well, honestly. You know, I see deficiencies in our line still. I think the dynamic is going to be um, – this is a statement game for Kirby's play uh, coaching tree like Saban has. Can he beat someone he coached? And I don't know. I, I, you know, where I'm hoping it goes, but 
there's a lot of variables to this game that I think if this game was in Arkansas, it might be an Arkansas game. Being in, in Athens, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's what I was going to get into next. So we always like to put people on the spot, and uh, you know, get you don't have to give a actual prediction of the score if you don't want to. But I do have to ask you, you know, going into Athens, this is really the first true test, really. I would say since A and M, at least under the Sam Pittman era, A and M had a pretty full stadium, much more so than than I think they should have uh, based on the the uh, standards from last year's COVID protocols, but. Just based on what you've seen so far, what we've talked about, do you think that the Razorbacks – I think I think everyone thinks the Razorbacks have a chance, but do you think the Razorbacks will pull it out this weekend, or do you think Georgia will continue on with the with the great play that they have already this season? I think there's a chance, but um, like I said earlier, I really think offensively for Arkansas, second and third and short is the only way to win this game. I mean, I don't I don't see big plays happening. And it's not that I doubt, you know, the talent on either side. I just think this is going to be a, a grunge game. And uh, for Arkansas, they've got to keep it third and less than three, four, and move the chains. Uh, if you go three and 13 against this defense or worse, it, it's going to be hard to get more than field goals. Um, and for Georgia, offensively, you know, stopping Trey Williams is never easy. Um, he moves around a lot. I think I've seen him play every spot on that D-line this year. So even inside, I think I've seen him play a couple of times. So you can't just say, okay, Jamari Salier, you're going to have to shut down Trey Williams. I think, I think he'll go right tackle a lot more in this game because I think that if we have a weakness, it's our right tackle. So I think they try and exploit that. So that, that's the key matchup is, is defensive line. Can they disrupt JT Daniels, which I think they will have a chance to do that. Um, and, and can Arkansas win the, the chain battle? We've been talking with Chris Osborne from Sports and Culture Media. And, Chris, again, really appreciate you hopping on with us. Uh, before we get off here, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your work? Uh, sportsandculture.media is uh, where we do our NASCAR articles. And then there's a tab you can check college football. There's uh, We do South Carolina, Arkansas, as you know, uh, Georgia, um, we've got guys that do Clemson. Um, it's not just me that, that is on there. So many great Porter Hayes does a lot of good stuff. Um, there's a lot of great people working for sports and culture, and I'm really proud to be a member. But um, I don't like the two bone horn, so it's there if you want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Porter Porter is your uh, secondary South Carolina Gamecocks guy, right? No. <laughs> Bite your tongue. (laughs) You better be glad this uh, podcast is family going on a radio network. Well, that's the thing. We're we're about uh, two hours apart right now, so it's not like you can just reach across the table and hit me. So, yeah, Yeah. cool. Well, Chris, thanks again, man. Appreciate your insight. Appreciate your time. And like I tell everybody every single week, good luck to you guys. The rest of this. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.